chapter 370. A hadith about Dajjal and the portents of the hour. 1808. And Nawaz ibn Sam'an radiyallahu anhu reported, One morning Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam made a mention of a Dajjal, and he described him to be insignificant, and at the same time described him so significant that we thought he was on the date palm tree. When we went to him, meaning the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, in the evening, he perceived the sign of fear on our faces. He sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, What is the matter with you? We said, O oh Allah's Messenger, you talked about a Dajjal this morning, raising your voice and lowering it until we thought he was hiding in the palm tree's grove. He said, Something other than a Dajjal makes me afraid for you. If he appears while I am with you, I will defend you against him. But if he appears after I die, then every one of you is his own defender. Allah is the one who remains after me to guide every Muslim. And Dajjal will be a young man with very curly hair, with one eye protruding with which he cannot see. I compare his appearance to that of Al-Uzza ibn Qatan. He who amongst you survives to see him should recite over him the opening ayat of Surah Al-Kahf. He will appear on the way between Syria and Iraq and will spread mischief right and left. O slaves of Allah, remain adhered to the truth. We asked, O Allah's Messenger, how long will he stay on the earth? He sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, for 40 days. One day will be like a year, one day like a month. One day like a week and the rest of the days will be like your days. We said, O oh Allah's Messenger, will one day's salat suffice for the salat of that day which will be equal to one year? Thereupon he sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, No, but you must make an estimate of time and then offer salat. We said, O oh Allah's Messenger, how quickly will he walk upon the earth? Thereupon he sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Like a cloud driven by the wind. He will come to the people and call them to his obedience, and they will affirm their faith in him and respond to him. He will then give command to the sky, and it will send its rain upon the earth, and he will then send his command to the earth, and it will grow vegetation. Then in the evening, their pasturing animals will come to them with their humps and their udders full of milk and their flanks stretched. He will then come to another people and invite them, but they will reject him and he will leave them. He will leave them in barren lands and without any goods and chattels. He would then walk through the wasteland and say to it, Bring forth your treasures, and the treasures will come out and follow him like swarms of bees. He will then call a person brimming with youth and strike him with the sword and cut him in two pieces and make the pieces lie at a distance, which is generally between the archer and his target. He will then call that young man and he will come forward laughing with his face gleaming out of joy. And it will be at this very time that Allah will send Isa, son of Maryam, on him be peace, who will descend at the white minaret in the eastern side of Damascus, wearing two garments lightly dyed and placing his hands on the wings of two angels. When he will lower his head, there would fall drops of water from his head. And when he raises it up, Drops like pearls would scatter from it. Every disbeliever who will find his smell will die, and his smell will reach as far as he will be able to see. 
He will then search for a Dajjal until he will catch hold of him at the gate of Lud, which is a village near Jerusalem, and will kill him. Then the people whom Allah will have protected will come to Isa son of Maryam, on him be peace, and he will wipe their faces and will inform them of their ranks in Jannah. And it will be under such conditions that Allah will reveal to Isa these words, I have brought forth from amongst my slaves such people against whom none will be able to fight. So take these people safely to the mountain, and then Allah will send Yajuj and Matjuj, and they will swarm down from every slope. The first of them will pass the lake Tabariya, which is near the Dead Sea in Palestine, and drink all its water. And when the last of them will pass, he will say, There was once water there. The Prophet of Allah Isa alayhi salam and his companions will then be so much hard-pressed that the head of an ox will be dearer to them than 100 dinar. And Isa along with his companions will make supplication to Allah, who will send insects which will attack the necks of the people of Yajuj and Matjuj until they will all perish like a single person. The Prophet Isa and his companions will then come down and they will not find in the earth as much space as a single span which would not be filled with their corpses and their stench. The Prophet of Allah Isa and his companions will then again beseech Allah who will send birds whose necks will be like those of Bactrian camels, and they will carry them and throw them where Allah will desire. Then Allah will send down rain which will spare no house in the city or in the countryside. It would wash away the earth until it appears like a mirror. Then the earth will be told to bring forth its fruit and restore its blessings. And as a result of this, there will grow such a big pomegranate that a group of people will eat from it and seek shelter under its skin. Milk will be so blessed that the milk of one she-camel will suffice for a large company and the cow will give so much milk that it will suffice for a whole tribe. The sheep will give so much milk that the whole family will be able to drink out of that. And at that time, Allah will send a pleasant wind which will soothe people even under their armpits and will take the life of every Muslim and true believer and only the wicked will survive. They will commit adultery in public like asses and the day of resurrection will begin. Collected by Muslim. Commentary. In the above statement, we find details about the signs of the day of resurrection, the appearance of Ad-Dajjal, the Antichrist, the coming of the Prophet Isa, the son of Maryam, alayhi salam, and the appearance of the Gog and Magog people. We also find all the important events which will happen during these times. Here, we also note the havoc of Ad-Dajjal and the destruction of the Gog and Magog people. Then finally, the killing of them by the efforts of the Prophet Isa alayhi salatu wasalam, and his prayers. 1809. Rabia ibn Hirash said, Abu Mas'ud al Ansari to Hudayfa ibn al Yaman, radiyallahu anhuma. Abu Mas'ud said to him, Tell us what you heard from Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam about Ad-Dajjal. Hudayfa said, He sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Ad-Dajjal will appear and with him will be water and fire. That which people consider to be water will in fact be a burning fire. And that which people will consider to be fire will in fact be cool and sweet water. He who from amongst you happens to face him should jump into that which he sees as fire, for that will be nice and sweet water. Abu Mas'ud radiallahu anhu said, 
I have also heard this from Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. 1810 Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As radiyallahu anhuma said, The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Ad-Dajjal, meaning the Antichrist, will appear in my ummah and he will stay in the world for 40. I do not know whether this will be 40 days or 40 months or 40 years. Allah will then send the Prophet Isa, the son of Maryam, meaning the son of Mary. Isa will pursue him and slaughter him. Then people will survive for seven years in the state that there will be no rancor between two persons. Then Allah will send a cool breeze from the side of Ishan. None will remain upon the face of the earth having the smallest particle of good or faith in him, but he will die. So much so that even if someone amongst you will enter the innermost part of a mountain, this breeze will reach that place also and will cause him to die. Only the wicked people will survive and they will be as fast as birds, meaning to commit evil, and as ferocious towards one another as wild beasts. They will never appreciate the good, nor condemn evil. The shaitan, meaning Satan, will come to them in the garb of a man and will say, Will you not obey me? They will say, What do you order us to do? He will command them to worship idols, they will have abundance of sustenance and will lead comfortable lives. Then the trumpet will be blown. Everyone hearing it will turn his neck towards it and will raise it. The first one to hear that trumpet will be a man who will be busy repairing the basin for his camels. He will become unconscious. Allah will sin or will cause to sin rain, which will be like the dew and there will grow out of it like the growth of the bodies of the people. Then the second trumpet will be blown, and they will stand up and begin to look around. Then it will be said, O people, go to your Lord. Then there will be a command, make them stand there. After it, they will be called to account. Then it will be said, separate from them the share of the fire. It will be asked, how much? It will be said, 999 out of every thousand. That will be the day which will make children hoary-headed men because of its terror, and that will be the day when the shin will be uncovered. Collected by Muslim. Commentary. The question arises as to what is the meaning of the phrase, the shin will be uncovered at this place. Some people say that it refers to the calamities and troubles of the Day of Judgment. But according to a reliable narration, it refers to an act of Allah of uncovering His shin in a way which befits His Majesty. As believers, we must confirm Allah's qualities, which He has stated in the Qur'an or mentioned through His Messenger Without changing them or ignoring them completely, or twisting their meanings, or giving resemblance to any of the created things. What is meant by the uncovering of the shin of Allah is something we can neither understand nor describe. We can only believe in it without understanding the real explanation of it, in the same way we believe in the eye or ear of Allah. We should believe in all these things, as mentioned in the Qur'an and Hadith, without trying to go into the explanation. This is the view of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah to which we should stick. For further information, see the tafsir Ahsanul Bayan. Then all the Muslims will prostrate before him. However, those people who used to pray and prostrate before him in their worldly lives only for showing off or for gaining good reputation will not be able to prostrate before him on this occasion. Their spines will become stiff like a wooden board and it would become impossible for them to bend. As references, see Sahih al-Bukhari, Tafsir Surat al-Nur and Al-Qalam.
1811. Anas ibn Malik said, Allah's Messenger وسلم, said, There will be no land which will not be trampled by a Dajjal but Mecca and Al Medina. And there will be no passage leading to them which will not be guarded by the angels arranged in rows. Ad-Dajjal will appear in a barren place adjacent to Al-Medina and the city will be shaken three times. Allah will expel from it every disbeliever and hypocrite. Collected by Muslim. 1812 Anas anhu said, Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ad-Dajjal will be followed by 70,000 Jews from Isfahan and will be dressed in robes of green-colored satin, collected by Muslim. Commentary Isfahan is a city in Persia or Iran. Qaylasan, meaning green sheet, is the dress of the sheikhs of the non-Arab nations. 1813. Um Sharik reported, I heard the Prophet saying, People will run away from Dijjal, meaning the Antichrist, seeking shelter in the mountains, collected by Muslim. 1814. Imran ibn reported, I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying, Between time of the creation of Adam and the resurrection day, there is nothing greater than the mischief of Ad-Dijjal, meaning the Antichrist, collected by Muslim. 1815 Abu Sa'id al-Khudri who reported, I heard the Prophet ﷺ saying, Ad-Dajjal will come forth and a person from amongst the believers will go towards him and the armed watchmen of Ad-Dajjal will meet him and they will say, Where do you intend to go? He will say, I intend to go to this one who has appeared. They will say to him, Don't you believe in our Lord? meaning Ad-Dajjal, he will say, there is nothing hidden about our Lord. Some of them will say, let us kill him. But some others will say, has your Lord, meaning Ad-Dajjal, not forbidden you to kill anyone without his consent? So they will take him to Ad-Dajjal. When the believer will see him, he will say, O oh people, this is a Dajjal about whom Allah's Messenger وسلم, has informed us. A Dajjal will have him laid on his stomach and have his head. He will be struck on his back and on his stomach. A Dajjal will ask him, Don't you believe in me? He will say, You are the false Messiah. He will then give his order to have him sawn with a saw into two from the parting of his hair up to his legs. After that, Ad-Dajjal will walk between the two halves and will say to him, Stand up. And he will stand on his feet. He will then say to him, Don't you believe in me? The person will say, It has added to my insight that you are Ad-Dajjal. He will add, O people, he will not be able to do this with anyone amongst the people after me. Ad-Dajjal will try to kill him. The space between his neck and collarbone will turn into copper, and he will find no way to kill him. So he will catch hold of him by his hand and feet and throw him into what appears to be the fire. The people will think that he has been thrown into the fire, whereas he will be thrown into Jannah. Allah's Messenger وسلم, added, He will be the most eminent martyr amongst the people 
with Rabbul Alameen, collected by Muslim. Commentary. In this narration, we find the description of a believer's steadfastness and forbearance and his final martyrdom while facing the wickedness and temptation of the mischief of Dajjal, or the Antichrist. Here we find that the part of his neck will turn into copper, which could either happen in reality or, according to another interpretation, that he, the Dajjal, will not be able to kill him. Allah knows better as Allah can do whatever he likes. Or it may just be a statement, like a parable or a simile, and some people think that this refers to the fact that Dajjal will not be able to cut his neck. But it is better to consider it in terms of reality. 1816 Al-Mughira ibn Shu'aba said, No one asked the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam more about a Dajjal than I asked him. He said to me, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, He will not harm you. I said, O Messenger of Allah, it is reported that he will have with him a mountain of bread and a river full of water. Thereupon he, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said, He, meaning a Dajjal, is far too worthless and insignificant near Allah to let him deceive the believers. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. The last part of the hadith means that although Dajjal will have great resources and methods of misleading people, the true believers will not be deceived by his tricks. On the contrary, they will increase in faith, as what the Prophet said about the Dajjal is true. 1817. Anas, who said, The Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, There has not been a prophet who has not warned his ummah of that one-eyed liar, meaning a Dajjal. Behold, he is blind in one eye, and your Lord is not blind. On his forehead are the letters Kaf, Fa, Ra meaning kafir or disbeliever, collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. 1818 Abu Huraira said, The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Let me tell you something about a Dajjal, which no prophet had told his people. He is blind in one eye and will bring with him something like Jannah and hell. But what he calls Jannah will be, in fact, hell, collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. 1819 Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhuma said, One day the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioned a Dajjal in the presence of the people and said, Verily, Allah is not one-eyed, but Al-Masih al-Dajjal is blind in the right eye which looks like a swollen grape. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. All these narrations about the mischief of al-Dajjal are correct and have been narrated through reliable narrators. And all scholars agree on their being true. They have been reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim, whose narrations are unanimously accepted by the ulama. The second coming of the Prophet Isa from the heavens is proved on the basis of such reliable and true narrations that none can contradict them. Before the day of resurrection, all these things will happen, and it is essential to believe in them. A Dajjal would be a descendant of the Jews, and he will be called a Dajjal because of his mischief. The meaning of a Dajjal is one who greatly resorts to fraud and deception. Allah will also give him some extraordinary powers to test the belief of the Muslims. A Dajjal will claim to be the Lord of the world. A large portion of the Jews will be with him. He has also been named as Al-Masih Al-Dajjal in some narrations. Jesus, the son of Mary, on whom be peace, will have the honor of killing him.
Commentary. The word Al-Gharqad is a thorny plant which is well known in the area of Palestine. Allah can bestow the power of speech to whatever thing He likes. When Allah wills, He will give mastery to the Muslims. He will help them even by means of plants and stones which will assist the Muslims against the Jews by informing them about the whereabouts of the Jews. The Jews have predominance over the Muslims in spite of the fact that they are a minority. But according to this true narration, the situation will definitely change before the day of resurrection and the Muslims will dominate the Jews. Allah is the master and Lord of everything. 1821 Abu Huraira who reported Allah's Messenger وسلم, said by him in whose hand my soul is the world will not come to an end until a man passes by a grave and will lie over it saying would that I were in this grave he will not say so because of religious reasons, but because of the widespread mischief and the severe trials of this world, collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. There would be such disasters and agony in the world that people would prefer death to life under such conditions. This situation will arise before the day of resurrection and the day of judgment will dawn on such wicked people. 1822 Abu Huraira said, The Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, The hour will not come to pass before the river Euphrates dries up to unveil the mountain of gold for which people will fight. 99 out of 100 will die in the fighting. And every man amongst them will say, Perhaps I may be the only one to remain alive. Another narration is, The time is near when the river Euphrates will dry up to unveil a treasure of gold. Whosoever may be alive at that time should not take anything of it. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. The word Yahsirah means unveil or uncover. That is, the river will dry up and gold will be discovered underneath its bottom when Allah would like to do so. This will also surely take place before the Day of Judgment. When this incident will take place, only those people would remain safe who will be free from worldly greed and will not try to get this gold. 1823 Abu Hurairah Radiyallahu anhu reported, Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, People will desert Al-Medina in spite of it being in better condition, except for the wild beasts and birds. The last hour will happen upon two shepherds of the tribe of Muzayna. They will enter Al-Medina driving their sheep but will find it full of wild beasts and would turn away. When they will arrive at the hill named Thaniyatul Wada', they will fall on their faces. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. According to some scholars like Al-Qadi Al-Iyad, this prophecy has already been fulfilled. When the caliphate was shifted from Al-Medina to Syria and Mesopotamia, Although Al-Madina was superior to these places in every way, worldly or otherwise, scholars were in abundance and the people were well off. However, 
Others say that the prophecy has not been fulfilled yet and that it will be fulfilled shortly before the day of judgment. They hold this view because the conditions described in the narration have not taken place. This second view seems to be more correct. 1824 Abu Sa'id al-Khudri who said, The Prophet وسلم, said, From your caliphs, there will be one in the last days who will distribute wealth without counting it. Collected by Muslim. Commentary. Here the abundance of wealth during the time of a caliph has been prophesied. This also refers to the last days of the world. 1825. Abu Musa al-Ash'ari said, The Prophet said, a time will come when a man will go about with alms from his gold and will not find anyone to receive it. One man will be seen being followed by 40 women dependent upon him on account of the scarcity of men and excess of women. Collected by Muslim. Commentary. This hadith also reveals one of the prophecies of the Prophet which has not yet been fulfilled. One of them is that wealth will be abundant and females will greatly exceed the males in number. This may happen due to wars, when more males will be killed, or the birth rate of females may exceed that of males. 1826 Abu Huraira who reported, the Prophet said, a man bought a piece of land from another man, and the buyer found a jar filled with gold in the land. The buyer said to the seller, Take your gold as I bought only the land from you and not the gold. The owner of the land said, I sold you the land with everything in it. So both of them took their case before a third man who asked, Have you any children? One of them said, I have a boy. The other said, I have a girl. The man said, marry the girl to the boy and spend the money on them. And whatever remains, give it in charity. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. This is the story of some people from the past in which exemplary honesty, piety, and the will to abstain from the doubtful property has been described. But as far as the law of Sharia is concerned, it appears that in the transaction of land, any buried treasure will not be included in the sale. It will be considered quite separately and apart from the sale of the land. If the previous owner says that the treasure belongs to him and he forgot to take it out, then it will be considered as his property and not the property of the buyer of the land. But if he shows ignorance about it, then it will be considered under the title of rikaz. In such a case, one-fifth of it goes to the public treasury and the rest to the owner of the land. Rikaz refers to any buried treasure which is discovered in any land. 1827 Abu Huraira said, Allah's Messenger said, there were two women, each had her child with her. A wolf came and took away the child of one of them. One woman said to her companion, The wolf has taken your son. The other said, It has taken your son. So both of them took the dispute to the Prophet Dawood who judged that the boy should be given to the older lady. Then they went to the Prophet Sulaiman the son of Dawood, and put the case before him. The Prophet Sulaiman said, Give me a knife so that I may cut the child into two and give one half to each of you. The younger woman said, Do not do so, may Allah have mercy on you. He is her child. On that, the Prophet Sulaiman decided the case in favor of the younger woman. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. 
The Prophet Sulaiman, on whom be peace, went to the depth of the matter by wisdom bestowed by Allah and the power of decision, using a device or a trick as a method of discovering the truth. He used this trick to discover the truth and not to evade it. Such a trick is not forbidden in the law and there is no doubt in its being permitted. However, those tricks which are used to avoid the law are a great sin for which the Jews are well known. May Allah save us from such things. 1828 Mirdas al-Aslami said, The Prophet said, The pious men will depart one after another. The dregs of people, like the sediment of barley or dates will remain. Allah will not raise them in value and esteem. Collected by Al-Bukhari. Commentary. The Hadith shows that the demise of the pious people is one of the signs of the nearness of the day of resurrection. It also shows that during the last days near the day of resurrection, pious persons will not remain and only the wicked people will inhabit the earth and the day of judgment will dawn on such bad people. 1829 Rifa'a ibn Rafi'a is Zuruqi said, Jibreel came to the Prophet and asked him, How do you estimate among you those who participated in the Battle of Badr? He replied, they were the best of Muslims. Or he may have said something similar to that. Jibreel alayhi salam said, The same is the case with the angels who were at the Battle of Badr. Collected by Al-Bukhari. Commentary. The Hadith highlights the superiority of those companions as well as those angels who participated in the Battle of Badr against the forces of Kufr. The Quran confirms the fact that the angels fought along with Muslims in this historic battle. 1830 Ibn Omar radiyallahu anhumah said, The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, If Allah afflicts punishment upon a nation, it befalls the whole population indiscriminately, and then they will be resurrected and judged according to their deeds. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. When Allah's punishment comes to pass, it does not distinguish between the upright and the wicked. However, the pious people will be saved from punishment after their death, while the wicked ones will be punished in the hell. May Allah save us from all types of punishments. 1831 who said, There was a trunk of a date palm tree upon which the Prophet used to recline while delivering the khutbah, meaning the sermon. When a pulpit was placed in the mosque, we heard the trunk crying like a pregnant she-camel. The Prophet came down from the pulpit and put his hand on the trunk and it became quiet. Another narration is, the Prophet ﷺ used to stand by a tree or a date palm on Friday to give the khutbah. Then an Ansari woman or man said, O Messenger of Allah, shall we make a pulpit for you? He replied, If you wish. So they made a pulpit for him. And when it was Friday, the Prophet ﷺ sat on the pulpit to deliver the khutbah. And the trunk of the date palm on which he used to recline cried out as if it would split asunder. Another narration is, it cried like a child. And the Prophet ﷺ descended from the pulpit and embraced it while it continued moaning like a child being quieted. The Prophet ﷺ said, it was crying for missing what it used to hear of dhikr near it. Collected by Al-Bukhari. Commentary. Ibn Hajr says that there is evidence in this hadith that Allah can endow inanimate objects with a special sense or feeling like that of animals. 
The hadith also shows one of the numerous miracles of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 1832 Abu Tha'laba al Khushani said, The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Allah the Exalted has laid down certain duties which you should not neglect, and has put certain limits which you should not transgress and has kept silent about other matters out of mercy for you and not out of forgetfulness. So do not seek to investigate them. Collected by Idaru Kutni and others. Commentary. According to Sheikh Al-Albani, there is a break in the chain of this narration. He has given the details about it in his book, but some other scholars have declared it in the category of Hassan narrations even Imam al-Nawawi has termed it as Hassan. For details, refer to Mustadrak al-Hakim, Volume 4, page 115. Majma' al-Zawa'id, Volume 7, page 75. Tirmidhi, chapter relating to dress, number 1726. Ibn Majah, Book of Food, chapter, eating of cheese and butter, number 3367. As-Sunan al-Kubra, by Al-Bayhaqi, Book of Sacrifice, Chapter, What Has Been Said About Hyena and Fox. According to Imam As-Sa'mani, this hadith is very important, as the details of important things have been given here. Whosoever leads his life accordingly will surely succeed in this life and the hereafter. 1833. Abdullah ibn Abi Awfa said, We accompanied the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in seven expeditions and we ate locusts, collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary The locust is a type of insect that flies in huge groups, destroying all the plants and crops. This hadith highlights the permissibility of eating locusts. 1834 Abu Huraira said The Prophet said A believer should not be stung twice from the same hole Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim Commentary This hadith makes it clear that if a Muslim faces a loss from some place he should remain careful lest he may be deceived again and again 1835 Abu Huraira said, The Messenger of Allah said, There are three types of people with whom Allah will neither speak on the day of resurrection nor purify them from sins and there will be a painful chastisement for them. A person who has spare water in a desert and he refuses to give it to the traveler. A person who sells a commodity to another person after the afternoon prayer and swears by Allah that he has bought it at such and such price. And the buyer pays him accordingly, though in reality it was not true. And a person who pledges allegiance to an imam or leader just for some worldly benefit. And then if the imam bestows on him something out of that, he fulfills his allegiance. And if he does not give him, he does not fulfill it. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. 1836 Abu Hurairah anhu said, The Prophet said, Between the two blowings of the trumpet, there will be an interval of 40. The people said, O Abu Hurairah, do you mean 40 days? He said, I cannot say anything. They said, do you mean 40 years? He said, I cannot say anything. They said, do you mean 40 months? He said, I cannot say anything. The Prophet ﷺ added, everything of the human body will perish except the end part of the spinal cord. And from that bone, Allah will resurrect the whole body. Then Allah will send down water from the sky and people will grow like green vegetables. 
collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. Number one, when Israfil blows the trumpet the first time, by Allah's leave, all those who are in the heavens and on earth will pass away. Accept him whom Allah wills. This will be the first blowing. Then it will be blown a second time. They will become alive and will emerge from their graves. These blowings are known as the blowings of fainting and rising. As regard to the interval between these two blowings, the narrator of the narration, Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, could not say anything when he was asked about it, as he himself did not know. But in other narrations, the interval has been mentioned as 40 years. Number two, the earth eats away the whole body of humans except the bodies of the prophets. However, only the end part of the spinal cord remains intact. How it remains intact is known to Allah, but from it, mankind will be created again. And number three, bodies will rise from the earth as vegetation springs out from the earth after the rainfall. 1837. Abu Huraira reported, once the Prophet was speaking to us, when a Bedouin man came and asked him, when will the last day be? Allah's Messenger continued his talk. Some of those present thought that he had heard him, but disliked the interruption. And the others said that he had not heard him. When Allah's Messenger concluded his speech, he asked, Where is the one who inquired about the last day? The man replied, Here I am. Allah's Messenger replied, when the practice of honoring a trust is lost, expect the last day. He asked, how could it be lost? He replied, when the government is entrusted to the undeserving people, then wait for the last day. Collected by Al-Bukhari. Commentary. Here a very important sign of the nearness of the day of judgment has been mentioned. The affairs of the world will be in the hands of wicked and undeserving people. The sinners and wicked people will become the leaders of the world. The preaching pulpits will also be occupied by people who would be greedy and ignorant. They will be devoid of piety and abstinence. 1839 Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhu said, in the interpretation of the ayat reported, you are the best of people ever raised up for the benefit of mankind. The best for mankind are those who bring them with chains round their necks till they embrace Islam and thereby save them from the eternal punishment in the hellfire and make them enter Jannah in the hereafter. Collected by Al-Bukhari. Commentary. This is in a way the explanation of the concerned verse of the Qur'an. Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu says, In this verse, those fighters have been named as the best of the ummah, who fight with the infidels whom they take prisoners and they ultimately accept Islam. Hence, they become a means of acceptance of faith to them and are entitled to more rewards from Allah. 1840 Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhu said, The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Allah marvels at those people who enter Jannah in chains. Collected by Al-Bukhari. Commentary. The meaning of this hadith is also the same as the hadith mentioned before it. This means that after taking captives, the Muslims inform them about the teachings of Islam so that after accepting Islam, they may deserve Jannah, which is the ultimate success. Allah says, Which means, and whoever is removed away from the fire and admitted to Jannah, he indeed is successful. This hadith urges Muslims to call to Islam. It also urges those mujahidun 
to invite their prisoners to Islam to save them from the chastisement of the hellfire. 1841 Abu Huraira anhu said, The Prophet وسلم, said, The most beloved place on the face of the earth to Allah are the masjids, and the most hated places to Allah are its markets, collected by Muslim. Commentary The superiority of the masjid is self-evident. People pray and worship Allah in the masjids, and the recitation of Qur'an goes on there. While in the marketplaces, people forget to remember Allah and indulge in such forbidden acts as fraud, lies, and gossip. In fact, it is not the place itself which is disliked, but the bad things which are bound to happen in it. They are not the places of choice and are not liked. 1842 Salman al-Farisi said, The Prophet said, Do not, if you can help it, be the first to enter the market and the last to leave it because it is an arena of Satan and the standard of Satan is set there, collected by Muslim. There are other narrations with some variation in the wordings. Commentary. It is disliked or makruf to frequently visit the markets where there is overwhelming influence of Satan. The more one goes there, the more will one be influenced by the temptations of the devil. 1843 Asim al-Ahwal said, Abdullah ibn Sarjis radiyallahu anhu said to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, O Messenger of Allah, may Allah forgive all your sins. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, and yours also. Asim reported, I asked Abdullah, did the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam seek forgiveness for you? He replied, yes, and for you also. Then he recited the verse, seek forgiveness for your sins and for the believing men and the believing women. Collected by Muslim. Commentary. Although the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam is free from sins, it is permissible as a token of Allah's honor and care for him to pray for his greater salvation and blessings. It is also in a way a method of paying respects to him. The hadith also shows the noble character of the Prophet وسلم, who used to reciprocate compliments and good deeds. 1844 Abu Mas'ud al-Ansari who said, the Prophet said, one of the admonitions of the previous prophets which has been conveyed to people is that if you have no modesty, you can do whatever you like. Collected by Al-Bukhari. Commentary. This does not mean that doing everything is allowed for a shameless person. It is like giving a piece of information that when a person loses the feeling of shame, then he does not mind doing anything. For this reason, the Western nations intend to finish the feeling of shame and remorse among the Muslims, which is a landmark and a criterion of Islam. They want to do away with this criterion so that Muslims may indulge in shameless things happily. Unfortunately, the Western people are succeeding in their designs, and the Islamic social life is also tending to be shameless like its Western counterpart. 1845 Ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu reported, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, the first matter concerning which people will be judged on the day of resurrection will be the matter of blood. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. In another hadith, it has been stated that on the day of judgment, the first thing about which people will be questioned will be as-salah. There is no contradiction in these two narrations. Among the duties of Allah, 
the first thing to be reckoned would be a salah while among the mutual rights of humans the first thing to be decided would be murder from this narration the value of human life becomes very significant 1846 Aisha anha reported Allah's messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam said the angels were created from light the jinns were created from a smokeless fire and Adam was created from that which you have been told meaning sounding clay like the clay of pottery collected by Muslim commentary the angels are the creation of Allah which he created from light their bodies are so subtle that they can assume any form they like the jinn are also an unperceptible creation of Allah they have also been bestowed with such powers as are not possessed by humans shaitan also belongs to the jinn man has been created from sounding clay the hadith states the great and perfect powers of Allah that he can create whatever he likes from whatever he likes and he can do whatever he wishes 1847 Aisha anha said the conduct of the Prophet وسلم, was entirely according to the Quran collected by Muslim in a long hadith commentary this hadith shows that the life of the Prophet وسلم, and all modes of his actions were on the pattern given in the Quran in his life we can observe the perfection of obedience to all the commands of the Quran in fact he was a living example of the Quran 1848 Aisha reported the messenger of Allah وسلم, said he who loves to meet Allah Allah loves to meet him and he who dislikes to meet Allah, Allah abhors to meet him. I, meaning Aisha, radiyallahu anha, said, O Messenger of Allah, so far as the feelings of aversion against death is concerned, we all have this feeling. Thereupon he, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, said, I do not mean that. What I mean is that when a true believer is given the glad tidings of the mercy of Allah, his pleasures, and his Jannah at the time of death. He loves to meet Allah, and Allah also loves to meet him. When a disbeliever is given the news of the torment of Allah and his wrath at the time of death, he dislikes to meet Allah, and Allah also abhors to meet him. Collected by Muslim. Commentary. The glad tidings of Jannah are given to the believers and the bad news of punishment are given to the disbelievers at the time of death. So a believer starts longing to meet Allah as a result of the good news he receives at that time. And the disbeliever begins to wish that he may not die and therefore avoid Allah's punishment as a result of the bad news he receives at that time. 1849 Sophia Bint Huyay, radiyallahu anha, the mother of the believers, said, I came to visit the Prophet wasallam, while he was in the state of i'tikad, meaning seclusion, in the mosque during the last ten days of Ramadan. After having talked to him, I got up to return. The Prophet wasallam, also got up with me and accompanied me a part of the way. At that moment, Two Ansari men passed by. When they saw him, they quickened their pace. The Prophet ﷺ said to them, Do not hurry. She is Sophia, the daughter of Huyay, my wife. They said, Subhanallah, O Messenger of Allah, you are far away from any suspicion. The Messenger of Allah ﷺ said, Satan circulates in a person like blood in the bloodstreams. I apprehended lest Satan should drop some evil thoughts in your minds. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. 
even just a passing thought of something undesirable about the Prophet ﷺ is dangerous for belief. In order to put an end to this evil suspicion, he stopped the two companions and explained to them the situation. This was done lest the devil may create some doubt in the mind of the two companions. The conclusion is that if at any place there is some far-fetched chance of creation of bad opinion about somebody, then it is necessary to give an explanation lest some doubt may arise in somebody's mind. This is particularly essential for ulama who should remain aloof from such occasions and places, lest the people may start doubting their integrity and piety.